You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. That time already. Yes, time for another one-hour extravaganza. We're off and running on this Thursday, October 15th. Hey, good morning. Welcome in. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Man, oh man, lots of stuff to get to. And an hour to run through it all. We'll do so over the next 60 minutes. Of course, the number, you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. That's set up for you. If you got a vent, if you got to get something off your chest, there's a lot of things, especially after yesterday, you might want to get off your chest. That's the number you need to know. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Got a daily poll question for today. And today, we I mean, the major focus is going to be on a pair of people. A pair of people running organizations. A pair of people that uh, answered some questions yesterday. And a pair of people that uh, a lot of people have opinions about. A lot of people. And it's funny. They're almost kind of lumped in together. Well, they're certainly going to be lumped in together today. But could you imagine being Brian Cashman? Answering questions. Sitting for hours. Answering questions. And, uh, you know, a lot of people unhappy with the answers that come back. But imagine being him, answering all these questions, and then you have, like, uh, you know, of course, the Jets and Adam Gase, they answer questions however the hell they want, and uh, nobody really cares. Nobody really cares. Nobody really is, uh, you know, focused on all that much about it because uh, the team is going no place fast. No place fast. Uh, But those are the two that we're going to uh, put together today, and, boy, is this going to be an electrifying show. The word exhilarating comes to mind. We're going to let you hear some of Brian Cashman's press conference, and then we're going to follow that up with Adam Gase. Thrilling. Stimulating. Some of the words that come to mind. Stimulating. Just when you think you can't get any higher, we break through to a whole new level after hearing from Brian Cashman. Then you get the brilliance. The sheer energy of Adam Gase. Boom! I don't know how we could top that in terms of a show. But uh, we need some excitement because did you hear? The Pro Bowl got canceled. Oh, my God. What are we going to do now? The pro- I know. You're devastated. You're devastated. Well, look, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking about the Jets yesterday because, it, in ter- look, it's not a great time with the Yankee season being over and the, the Rays uh, being on the verge still of going to the World Series. But in terms of the Jets, as a Dolphin fan sitting back and watching the, the destruction that my former coach has done, even to our own organization, but now doing it for another organization, boy, oh boy. I, I didn't think it was it. But you know what I was thinking? Have we ever confirmed, for sure, have we ever heard from Peyton Manning himself that he actually called the Jets on Adam Gase's behalf, right? Like, we all say that, we all think that, but do we know for sure that that happened? Because I'm starting to think that maybe... Adam Gase had some, you know, when I was a kid, my mother made me think I was talking to the Fonz on the phone, Arthur Fonzarelli on the phone. It turned out it was not Arthur Fonzarelli. Like when we were kids, we would have phone numbers that you could call and you'd hear like a pre-recorded message of, you know, this one or that one. And you thought that you were actually talking to the person. It didn't turn out to be true. Did, did, did Adam Gase get like 976 1313 and it was a pre-recorded message from from Peyton Manning. Is that possible? Do we know for sure 
Has anyone ever, in between all the commercials, asked Peyton Manning? I feel like he should be put on the spot on this by this point, right? Like, he's the reason why Adam Gase is here just creating havoc. Everything he touches turns to to not gold. <laughs> What's the opposite? of? I can think of a couple of things. So I, I would just like some confirmation. I don't know if we've ever gotten confirmation for sure. 100% Peyton Manning saying, yes, I called the Jets to wish them to hire Adam Gase in support of Adam Gase. I wonder if that actually, I mean, that's that's what we've been led to believe, right? Because at this point, it really does feel like that Adam Gase, I don't know, like he conned his way into this job somehow. Because I can't imagine, based on performance, I can't imagine someone being worse at their job. It's kind of impressive. But you know what? Let's start with the Yankees, right? Brian Cashman had his uh, season-ending press conference, very lengthy season-ending press conference yesterday, touched on a variety of topics. And I think the main takeaway, if you were to have one, was that we really probably should not be expecting many changes. It's funny, though. I think people go into that press conference expecting Brian Cashman to lay out what the plan is for the post uh, for the offseason when the offseason has just begun and it, you know it's not like trades are already apparent that are going to be made or signings are already going to be made so i think the main takeaway from yesterday was don't really expect some some major changes now with the yankees with most teams every offseason brings about some changes but it seems like the yankees are sticking to the idea and i'm not saying that they're wrong we're really close. We lost to a team in the Rays that was the best team in the American League. We lost in five games. And, you know, if, maybe if you got swept, even in the short sample size of a small series, maybe it makes you kind of reevaluate things and makes you feel like you're a lot further away than you are. But the fact that you lost in five games, the fact that you lost by a single run, even though you didn't get as far as you have gotten in the past, right, making it to the ALCS this year, you lose it in the division series. It seems to be that that's the tack that they are going to take. And I don't know necessarily that they're wrong. I think the Yankees could, with a tweak here or a tweak there, make that next jump. But among the takeaways in terms of actual comments, and I don't know what sound you have here, Brian, but uh, we'll uh, we'll play it here as as we get it. Uh, Aaron Boone is not a puppet. Brian Cashman wanted to make that crystal clear. Now, the one problem is, Brian Cashman's lips were moving at the time. So I don't know. Unfortunately, no matter what Brian Cashman can say, the fact that what he's already said, making the move that they did after 2017 to hire a manager, it was not about success. It was not about results. It was about finding someone who was going to be more collaborative, someone who was going to, well, what else do you think the takeaway is going to be? The takeaway is that Aaron Boone, while he might make some in-game decisions, overall, from what we have seen of baseball managers in the past, he's not the one that's making the call on a lot of these decisions. So here's Brian Cashman saying, no, Aaron Boone is not a puppet. 
I know there's that narrative. It's been asked several times about you know, the manager being a puppet and all that. None of that's true. I've never uh, ordered a manager to do anything specifically. Um, and, you know, Aaron would be able to testify to that as will Joe Girardi and Joe Torrey. They've never been directed at any time by me or our front office to do something that they didn't want to do. And um, simple as that. But I know I've said that before and, you know, uh, people want to believe whatever they want to believe. So, um I just know we have a good, strong, healthy, sound process uh, and one that we're proud of. All right, so there's Brian Cashman on that. Obviously, uh, another hot topic, uh, of course, is going to be the future of Gary Sanchez. Here's Cashman. I know Gary Sanchez is an extremely talented player. Um, You know, I know in the offensive side there was, you know, uh, I guess uh, I would describe it as, you know, I think he, he swung the bat better than those numbers look. Um, you know, and uh, on the defensive side, I know he was fully committed to Tanner Swanson and adjusting uh, to Tanner Swanson's um, you know, mechanical adjustments that would improve his uh, receiving skills, which I think did happen. Um, but ultimately, the end result was uh, the performance wasn't Gary Sanchez uh, caliber, and, and that obviously allowed Higashioka to, to come in and do what he did and, and kind of take control towards the end. So uh, we'll evaluate. You know those. You know uh, that particular position because we'll be forced to now as we move forward. Okay, so there's cash. But look, that's going to be an interesting decision because based on what their their process generally is, it would seem like giving up on someone who clearly has talent. As much as people might not like to admit it, Gary Sanchez does have talent. Has performed at a high level in the past and has certainly regressed as a player. Usually, selling low is not a good strat, and you know that's not a good process to be selling low and buying high. So I, I get that it does seem like it's probably time to move on from Gary Sanchez after the last, you know, really three years. Even a year ago, while his numbers were better, uh, he still is is not the player that you thought that you were getting when he first broke in that first, you know, two three years. I don't know what it was exactly, but. You know, it seemed like this is a guy. And and here's the deal. He didn't have to be Johnny Bench behind the plate. You could live with the the the, the pass balls or, or, you know, the the embarrassment here or there if he were hitting like he came up hitting. Maybe not that first, you know, 50 whatever games it was, that first 60 games. But even in his first full season, if he put up numbers that make him the best offensive catcher in the game, well, then you can live with that. Right. But unfortunately, not only did the defense and I don't care what metric you're using, there's no metric you can say that 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 Gary Sanchez was a good catcher behind the play. I'm sorry. He, I mean, he's, he was brutal, but you can live with that when the offensive numbers were what they were. They're no longer that. And I think you have to really question whether or not whatever the Yankee plan or approach is with Gary Sanchez, it has clearly not worked. I mean, going back to the Aaron Boone thing, right? Like I bring up all the time. When you moved off of, of, of Joe Girardi, part of the reason was it was because this new approach, a different approach, was going to take these young Yankees, these, this team in 2017 that had gotten to the cusp of the World Series, and that was going to help them take that next step. And probably no player was more instrumental in that, I think, than Gary Sanchez. You saw up until 2017 what was possible for him. And he has clearly never been that player again since the managerial switch has been made. So whatever the approach, whatever the outlook is for Gary Sanchez that the Yankees have tried to go about, 
it has not worked, and whether or not it will ever work, even if they want to switch up whatever plan it is for him as a player, uh, I think that that ship has probably sailed. Although the one thing is, as I said, you know, generally if you, you talk about process, and Cashman talks about process, selling low on a player that has the talent of Gary Sanchez and moving off him. I mean, take a look at what Travis Darno has done since the Mets moved off him. And they, I think that they were kind of justified in doing it at the time. They had spent a lot of time hoping that he was eventually going to be the player that he had turned out to be. But I, I just find it hard to believe that the Yankees are going to sell low on Gary Sanchez, even despite what the results have been. So that was one big area of focus and will be, I'm sure, as um, the, uh, the offseason moves along what they end up doing behind the plate. Uh, the other thing was I really felt like Cashman went after Jay Happ. The amount of criticism uh, of Game 2 in terms of the series, I think, has been so completely overblown. Anybody, as I've said, anybody who's going to blame the series loss on Game 2, and I, I don't mean that it was a bad decision. Obviously, it was a bad decision. The, the bad decision was you were going to Jay Happ, that you did all this to get to Jay Happ who no one had really, even as well as he pitched down the stretch of the season, nobody had any real confidence that he was going to, to perform like that, and he didn't. That said, the Game 2 decision, which has been all this focus, that's where you lost the series. You handed momentum over to the Rays is ridiculous. As I pointed out a thousand times, even as bad as J-Hab was, even as bad a decision as that was, going into a series, drawing it up, and scripting the series as much as you wanted, so that Davey Garcia got to pitch one inning of the entire series, as bad as all of that was, you still left with J-Hap out of the game, down a run in the fifth inning. So, uh, Brian Cashman, I really felt like kind of went after J-Hap, this idea he wasn't comfortable in that spot and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and then the other one that I thought that was interesting was the topic of Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres, to me... That's where the Yankees offseason kind of has to start in terms of actual decisions. Obviously, bringing back DJ LeMahieu should not really be a decision, right? I mean, like, that's one that seems like it's a layup. As long as he's not asking for $50 million a season, bringing back DJ LeMahieu would seem like an absolute slam dunk. The, the Glaber one is a little bit more difficult, because the pro- and the problem is, is it kind of impacts DJ LeMahieu. And I think they have a real decision. Like, do they think that they can live with Glaber's defense? Do they think it's fixable at shortstop? Or does he need to play second base? Does he need to play second and then you have to go out and find a shortstop for this team? And that's a real decision to make. To me, I don't think – I think you can probably fix his defense enough. You know, for all the talk about defense behind the plate, defense at shortstop, you know, Yankees won tons of World Series with Derek Jeter and Jorge Posada. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't exactly uh, gold glove winners. So, uh, I don't know what they are going to end up doing. Again, I think it kind of falls into the idea that um, there's not going to be any major changes. They'll they'll make a tweak here. They'll make a tweak there. And who knows? Maybe they will go out and sign a, a big free agent. We'll see. But in terms of real major changes, to me, that the offseason plan, if you're going to have a plan – of making real critical decisions on the future of the team. I think that that one has to kind of start with Glaber Torres and where they envision him playing um, for the the majority of his Yankee career. Is it going to be at shortstop, or do they have to move him at second? Poll question. Ah, oh, the poll question. It's up for today on Twitter. I don't know if you've uh, if you've heard of Twitter, but 
It's up there. And I have to assume the only reason why my numbers have not grown even further, I must be shadow banned. I don't know exactly what that actually means, but it's the only reason that I can, I can, I can gather that more people are not following me is a shadow ban by Jack Dorsey and company. But our poll question, which is up for today, on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, Brian Cashman obviously answered questions yesterday about the Yankees' uh, postseason exit, about the future of the team, all those type of things. If Brian Cashman were not to re-sign DJ LeMahieu this offseason, would that be his worst move as GM? And I'm interested to see where this goes. Now, obviously, the uh, two answers are absolutely or nah. Absolutely is going to win. And absolutely is going to win by a sizable margin. But will absolutely hit that 90% plateau, that that 90% barrier that we always talk about. I don't know. And I will say this. It seems like if you're not re-signing this guy who came here and has has been so fantastic, then who are you re-signing ever? But there are some concerns like, Looking at it from the Yankees' point of view and looking at it through the prism of, of you know the, what they, they value and all these type of things, he's going to be 33. He's probably going to demand, you know, what, three, four-year deal? The Yankee payroll, it might not be going up like it, uh, it usually does, right? The, the pandemic, lost revenues, all these type of things might have to cut corners. And it gets back to that Glaber Torres decision as well. Like if Glaber Torres, if the Yankees brass, all the people along with, you know, Aaron Boone. Is that right? Is that right? Uh, all those people. That's a really dated reference nobody's going to get. But if all those people decide, you know what, Glaber Torres is simply not a shortstop. He has to play second base. Just through the prism of how the Yankees kind of look at it, youth, age, all these factors, I could see them deciding, you know what, four for, I don't know even what it would be, four for 100 has been floated out there. Four for 100. That's too much to put into a, a second baseman who's going to be 33 years old. Now, look, I, to me, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Like, when you get great players like DJ LeMahieu, who, again, should be the American League MVP this season, this year. He won't win it, but he should be. When you get players like that, and all credit to Brian Cashman, right? Who Brian Cashman was the guy who, and the Yankee brass were the people who envisioned what DJ LeMahieu would become. So it's like it's crazy for us to all be sitting here saying, "Oh, you got to resign." I know, I know what I got. I'm the guy who brought him to you guys. You guys, there was no clamoring for DJ LeMahieu to be signed. Not you know, not overwhelming like there would nearly be if he did not resign this offseason. So I, I could see through a prism that the Yankees might uh, – it would not shock me as much as it would seem shocking if they did not re-sign him, although the outcry – oh, my God. I can't even – you think the Adam Gase outcry is bad. Whoo, my God. Like, that really should have been the poll. I, you know, I always think of good poll questions during the show. What would be more out- – maybe we got to switch it. I think maybe we got to switch it today. What would be more outrageous? The Yankees not bringing back DJ LeMayhew or the Jets bringing back Adam Gase. I, I think that's the poll. I think, I think Brian, what do you think? I think we got to switch it. I think you do got to switch it. I, I like that one better. I think we got to switch it now. Yep. I think we got to switch it. Yep. We got to switch. Well, I can't do it during the actual show. I can't, I'm, not, I'm not that multi-talented. But that's the poll question. It'll be going up shortly. What would be more outrageous? The Yankees not re-signing DJ LeMayhew or the Jets bringing back Adam Gase? 
Well, I'll leave my answer to the next segment as I kind of think about it for a second. I think I know my answer, but let's get to Adam Gase. Do we have Adam Gase sound, Brian? Because there's nothing that is more radio gold than hearing from Adam Gase. Okay, we'll we'll hold off on that for a second. Uh, It was funny to me. I saw a quote from Brashard Perriman saying he was shocked that the Jets released Le'Veon Bell. Clearly, Brashard does not have uh, his finger on the pulse of the team, huh? Not really. Well, just when you think with the Jets, this has got to be rock bottom. I can't get any worse than this, right? It gets worse. At this point, I'm waiting for a Gase extension. And I was listening to the K show yesterday, and I, and I brought this up yesterday on our show, and then they, they kind of went back to it uh, on their show at, later in the day. Michael's saying that he's not convinced Gase is going to be fired. I don't know if he means like he's not going to be fired during the year or that like he would still be the coach next year. Michael has a lot of sources, a lot of – he's not just throwing that out there on a whim. He's not – I mean, he has people who tell him things. If that's true, if Adam Gase somehow – I mean, it just defies all logic in the world that he would still be the coach next year. But let's just go to that that black mirror type of place where he is still the head coach. If that were to be true, Trevor Lawrence has to stay in school. There's absolutely, if Adam Gase is still the coach of the Jets, and if they, he's still the coach of the Jets, the Jets will have the first pick overall. Even if he's not the coach, I mean, I think what was the last uh, the, the last numbers we put on it? 79.8%. That's what the Gordon Damer Show analytics team has come up with. 79.8% chance the Jets get the number one pick. But if that's true, if Adam Gase is still the coach next year, Oh, my God. It makes the, the, the Trevor Lawrence decision, abs- uh, he, ha- he has to do something else. Maybe he can talk to John Elway and go be a baseball player. I mean, it, it, that would be crazy. It, it seems like it ha- he has to be, has to be fired at some point, right? So yesterday, Adam Gase answered, I guess, some questions that – about the release of Le'Veon Bell. Do we have the cut where he's talking about what, what, the, the move of Le'Veon Bell, Brian? You do have that one. All right, let's, let's play. Here's what Adam Gaze had to say about the release of, of, of Le'Veon Bell. Here he is. Do you think he can still be a productive back in the league? I'm sure he'll get, he'll get an opportunity somewhere else, and you know, we'll see what happens. Do you agree with the perception that you misused him? Uh, it's... It's irrelevant at this point. Yeah, but I, you know, Adam, when a team makes a, a free agent investment that large and it ends before two seasons, I think the fans are interested in knowing why it didn't work out with a player of that stature. Yeah, it didn't work out. It didn't work out, and we're gonna focus on this game right now. Oh my God! I mean, I it. it, it. It's incredible. All right, so we have, before I go too deep here, let's play the other one. Uh, what was the other one, Brian? How much of Bell working out is is on you? Okay, how much of it not working, working out, out is on you? Yep. Here's here's Adam Gase. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, offensively, you know, we haven't really done done a whole bunch to really impress anybody right now. Uh, we got a lot of things that we got to get corrected. We got a lot of things that we got to do better. We got to we got to coach better. We got to play better. You know, that's really is an entire team. Oh my god, uh, it, it it almost defies 
you, you can hear Rich Samini, who, who, I mean, he's trying to get an answer. He's like trying to, but, but, but Adam, I'm sorry. You know, like he's like trying to pull it out. This is, this is bizarro world. And think Rich has covered the Jets. I would say probably for 30 years. Definitely right? 30 years. I think he told Easily. me that. I mean, from the daily news. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And yet here he is, you know, well, look, it's not just that Adam Gase is bad as his job. It's not just that he has no people skills at all. It's not just that he has this one area of, of the team to focus on. And it's the worst in football. It's among the worst we've ever seen. It's that he's also a jerk about it. He is such a jerk about things. You know, saying nice guys finish last is wrong because Adam Gase already has a lock on that position. Last place. I mean, you could have... Who, who's the person in, in, in popular culture who's considered like the nicest person? I know for me, Henry Winkler. There's been two Fonzarelli references. The Fonz, Henry Winkler, is, has the reputation of being just the sweetest person. You could have him coach the Jets and they wouldn't be any worse. Could it be, it's unbelievable. I'm trying to think of pop culture, right? You said pop culture, the nicest person. I always hear like Tom Hanks is super nice. Sure, have Tom Hanks, <laughs> have Tom Hanks coach the Jets. It, it, it could not be any worse. The evidence is clear. No one, as a coach, your job is not just to win games, not just to de- de- to develop talent or game plan. You have to get more out of less. There is no one who gets less out of more than Adam Gase. No one. Think of all the players, young players, right? Tannehill, Parker, Damian Wood, Kenyon Drake, Robbie Anderson, all the guys that we always run down. But this one, in some ways, is even worse because the young players, like when Tannehill was with Miami, he was injured a couple of times. With a young player, you don't really know what you have. Here's an established player who you know kind of, now he might be diminished some, but you can't say he's worthless. It's unbelievable. It's un- Again, I need confirmation that Peyton Manning actually called the Jets on Adam Gase's behalf and that it wasn't Adam Gase somehow convincing one of his buddies, uh, yeah, this is uh, Peyton Manning. I need to talk to Christopher Johnson. Uh, that's probably a terrible Peyton Manning impersonation. But still, I, I need proof. We all kind of assume that Peyton Manning, and how is it that Peyton Manning is appearing in public and not has, doesn't have to answer questions? Brian Cashman has to answer questions. Adam Gase has to answer. At this point, I think Peyton Manning has to answer some questions. What the hell? Why do you hate the Jets? Why do you hate the Jets this much? Oh, my God. And also, maybe E60, maybe Real Sports, maybe somebody can work on an investigation when Gase was fired by the Dolphins, do we have proof that he was not hired secretly by Belichick and his job was to just ruin an organization from the inside? I mean, just set it on fire from the inside. He's like the Manchurian candidate of NFL coaches. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Oh, my God. 1-800-919-ESPN. Let's, uh, let's get some calls. Because uh, I, I think I'm going to lose my mind. And, and uh, keep in mind, I'm someone who actively roots against the Jets. I'm a Dolphin fan. I don't want the Jets to do well. But even this, even by my standards of rooting against the organization for 40 years, 
That's why I became a Dolphin fan. I always hated the Jet fans at school. They were all jerks. Well, they have a new jerk, and, and he happens to be running the organization and running it directly into the ground. To, I mean, not even, not even at an angle, just boom, like a lawn dart. Oh, my God. Huh. Let's go, phones. 1-800-919-ESPN. Matt is in Queens. Matt, how are you, my friend? Do we have Matt? Yes, hello. Good. Yeah, Matt, there you go. There we go. How are you? Um, I got my jet. I got my jet plan. You know, an outline for what the jet should be doing. Okay. All right. When it comes to Donald, we 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 know three things. We know he's got talent. We know Gase is the worst coach in the world, and we know players get lots better when Gase is gone. Yes. So what I would so what I would do is I would look at the teams that are going to have high draft picks that want a quarterback. See what kind of deal I can get for the number one pick. Assuming the Jets get the number one pick. If I can get a bunch of draft picks, I want to look at the players coming out. If there are stud pass rushers and stud cornerbacks, I'm going to make the trade and get my pass rushers and cornerbacks. If I, if I can't get – and you've got to look at those plays and really believe, the experts got to really believe that the pass rushers and the cornerbacks are great, like Revis-level cornerbacks. Okay. You know, great players there. Shut down if corner, I, pass rusher. Right. Okay. And and after that, I want a George Kittle tight end. So that's the okay. three things I want. I want to know I got stud pass rushers, stud mm-hmm. cornerbacks, and George Kittle at at the at the tight end. Okay. If I can get that in the draft, and there's some free agents available too, I'm going to keep Donald. If I can't get the deal I like, or if I look at the plays and like, well, we don't know if he's going to be a great pass rusher. We don't know if he's a cornerback or not. Then I'm taking Trevor uh, Trevor Lawrence. All right. Well, Matt, here's the thing. Uh, the Jets, I have to, I'm going to operate and maybe I'll be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I will, I will, I will cop to it. Uh, I have to operate from the, the point of view that the Jets are eventually going to fire Adam Gase and that when the draft does roll around and the Jets almost certainly have the number one pick overall, you're going to have a different head coach, if not even someone, a different GM. I mean, at this point, Joe Douglas uh, has not, I mean, I know most of these things are not on him specifically, but it's not like he's distinguished himself with each decision that he's made. And the fact that people seem to think that he and Adam Gase are kind of tied at the hip, if that's true, well, then you know what? He's got to go too. But let's operate from the point of view that you're going to have someone else calling the shots and that you're going to have the number one pick. If that's true... I think one of the most appealing things about the Jets' job, and there's not many that are appealing about the Jets' job, is that you will have the number one pick and that that coach or that GM, whoever is the person you're going to bring in that's going to be making the decisions overall, the number one decision maker, I think that that's going to be the most appealing part of the Jets' job. And it's really like the only appealing part of the Jets job you know like that's that's pretty much it like think about think about other jobs that might be open this offseason almost all of them are going to be in a better position to succeed in the short term and long term than the New York Jets that's how bad it is 1-800-919-ESPN 1-800-919-3776 all right coming up we'll get your phone calls involved we'll get the poll question it is now up which move what move would be more outrageous the Jets keeping Adam Gase beyond this year, not just for the end. I think you have to keep him for the rest of this year. I got to get that number one pick. And there's nothing you can do in your power that has a better chance of you getting that number one pick than keeping Adam Gase. Or 
it would be more outrageous for the Yankees not to re-sign D.J. LeMahieu. I could not fit LeMahieu. There's only so many uh, characters that you can use. But Yankees not re-signing D.J., Jets keeping Gase. You're five feet nothing, a hundred and nothing, and you got hardly a speck of athletic ability. And you hung in with the best college football team in the land for two years. And you're also going to walk out of here with a degree from the University of Notre Dame. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. And after what you've gone through, if you haven't done that by now, it ain't going to never happen. Oh, Rudy. Released this week, 1993. So Rudy, the movie Rudy is now 27 years old. Oh, my God. 27. It's almost 30 years. Wow. That was never really one of my uh, go-tos, but it does have some, you know, look, anytime you put together a movie, you have to have those scenes, especially a sports movie. They kind of give you a little tingle. That, that, that one did. I, I always I always felt like when I got to the end of Rudy, I'm like, that's it. That's He put up all that. I mean, he did all that for one sack? I don't know. All right, it is the Gordon Damer. Show you a moment of inspiration for this, uh, what is it, Thursday? Oh, my God, all the days run together, especially when we talk about the Jets and Yankees every single day. But our poll question for today, we made a switch, so the numbers are probably going to be a little bit off today. But what move would be more outrageous to you? As I said, I was listening to the K show yesterday. Michael seems to be of the belief that he is not going to – and I think he's starting to sway Don. I think Don is starting to buy into it that he, they're not convinced that Gase is going to get fired after this season, which I, I can't I, – I, I, my mind can't process that. It would be so outrageous. So what move to you would be more outrageous, the Jets keeping Adam Gase or the Yankees not re-signing DJ LeMayu? I mean, think of all the outrage we've had over the Yankees season ending, the way it ended, game two, all those type of things. There would be nothing more outrageous for a Yankee offseason than not re-signing DJ LeMayu. That said, this one's a layup. This one should be 90%. Like, DJ LeMayhew would basically have to get a hit every single time up. I know it seems that way, but he doesn't get a hit every single time up. Everything that Adam Gaze touches is uh, the opposite of gold. And if you're just joining us this morning, I, I asked the question, and I think we need, we need proof. I need evidence. I need receipts. We need proof that Peyton Manning actually called Christopher Johnson. That it was, I know he got a phone call, but we need to know that that was actually Peyton Manning. We need a FaceTime conversation. Because, as I said, when I was a kid, my mom had a number to call Arthur Fonzarelli, and I got to speak to the Fonz. And it turns out it was not actually the Fonz. That's my point. That's my point. And, and with Adam Gase, it's not just that he's bad. He's a jerk about it, too. You know, the line, nice guys finish last, cannot be true because Adam Gase already has last place locked down. Locked down. All right, let's get some more phone calls. And 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Dean is in Queens. Dean, what's going on, my man? Hey, good morning, Gordon. Hey. You made a reference earlier in the show that you said it was dated that many people might not get. Oh, senior wenches. Yes, all right, it's all right. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, Aaron Boone and uh, Brian Cashman working together. See, I I thought it was a reference from a Chili Willy cartoon because Chili Willy used to do that. The little penguin. Yeah, I think I think that senior probably was a reference to Senior Wenches, which was uh, I don't remember the guy's name who was the 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 uh, the puppet guy. The what do you call them? They they don't refer to the uh, ventriloquist. 
that he oh, would good. have his hand, and he had a little face drawn in his hand, and his thumb would move up and down, and that was the, that was the puppet. <laughs> that was Senior Winches. <laughs> One more thing. Yeah. When uh, when Adam Gates was introduced to New York, and his eyeballs started bugging oh, out, God. that's what I that's when I knew he was he wasn't for us. You know, so, you know. Usually in sports, Dean, and thanks for the call. Usually in sports, there's ups and downs, right? There, you have ups. Jeff fans are saying, "Wait a sec, there's there's ups." I mean, see, I really, I mean, that press conference. I, I always joke about winning the press conference. That you can't win the press conference. You can only lose the press conference. I mean, it, the losing started there, and it hasn't stopped since. I, it's crazy. It is crazy how bad it is, and his 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 take on things. I would just simply say to Joe Douglas, you got to get better friends, buddy. I mean, he's he is really if you guys are tied at the hip, like it seems like people think that you are, you need you need some you need an intervention. You need to find yourself some better friends cuz you know like when you're when you're a kid, your your mom or your dad might say, you know, don't hang around with these kids. They're going to get you into trouble. Joe Douglas is going to get into trouble based on Adam Gase, based on that relationship. He's going to have to after the season I did not know Adam Gase. I, I didn't know what I was getting into. Uh, I, was, I was scammed. I, was, I didn't know. I have no idea who this person is. Um, let's go to, uh, let's see here. John is in Valley Stream. John. Hey, good morning, Gordon. How are you? Um, hey. Just got a quick, I got a quick question. I've been, I, I listen to your show all the way through to uh, Thank you, my Michael K. Every day, all day. God bless every you. single one of you guys, every single one of you show, rip into this guy, Adam Gase. Yeah. And since day one, I have yet to see, like, I'm just curious to know, is there is there like an unwritten rule or some kind of uh, reporter or, or, or etiquette in, in these press conferences that these guys can't get into this, tear into this guy and, like, press him for answers other than him kind of just rolling his eyes and saying, Lev Bell is irrelevant? When I would take a 70% Lev Bell over probably, you know, just about any running back in the league, and I, I just don't understand, like, why – like this guy gets away with just answering so passive and like just putting blame on everybody else and nobody calls him out for it except well, when I, mean, I listen look, to I th- you guys. Look, I think that they try to hold his feet to the fire, but it just he doesn't he doesn't care. He, I mean, he makes it so abundantly clear in every press conference that he looks down on you in a way that you would like when Bill Belichick does it, right? Like, right, he's Bill Belichick. He gets to do that, right? I mean, he can he could yeah. walk into a press conference flipping the dip, double middle fingers and blowing raspberries, and everybody would kind of have to be like, you know what, guy wins. Uh, Adam Gase acts the exact same way and has won nothing. I mean, basic this year, literally nothing. He's won literally and, nothing. And Gordon, if I could ask you one quick, quick, yeah. one more question. Um, so the Jets get the number one pick, right? Uh-huh. Um, I just business wise, you know, organizational and just moving forward. Like, is it? Do you feel like it's the right move to take a, a, a Trevor Lawrence when you need six or seven pieces to kind of even be competitive in this league? Um, thanks well, for taking my call, man. I just thanks, John. I appreciate it. And thanks for being a loyal listener, and we appreciate it. And get back to us. Um, look, uh, to me, the, the idea of what to do, right? Do you keep do you keep uh, Sam or do you move on from Sam and get the quarterback? There's a lot of different ways, and you're right. You do have to build up this roster. And if you're looking, if you decide somebody comes to you with four number one picks or some crazy offer, right? Three number one picks, and um, and and you keep Sam. To me, there are there are there are areas when you get a high pick, there are areas to focus on, right? We 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 know this, and they are left tackle or someone who protects the quarterback's blind side if he's a left-handed quarterback right tackle 
Le- offensive line, left tackle, pass rusher, shutdown corner, quarterback. Those are the four. Get those four right, and 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 you're going to be on your way. So, and and none of them is more important than getting the quarterback. So, if you do have someone new come in here, I got to assume there's going to be somebody new. That person is almost certainly going to want to take Trevor Lawrence, and that's the appealing part of this job. So, yes, you're going to get Trevor Lawrence, and it's not going to be right right away. Although, you have to also kind of factor in, if you do move on from Adam Gase, it would almost be a monumental upset if when Adam Gase is gone, even if you don't turn over a majority of the roster, there are going to be guys next year with a different coach who turn out to be far better players than they look right now. It's not just that Adam Gase is a jerk. It's not just that he doesn't win games. It's that he prevents talent from showing itself. I mean, he's not coached in the NFL that long. What has he coached, five years? And already the list of guys who improve once they're away from him in multiple places, multiple positions, is staggering. Oh, my goodness. Adam Gase gets them riled up, baby. It's amazing. You can't get the team riled up on Sundays. They sleepwalk like it's like they've uh, they haven't slept all week. They've been suffering from insomnia, and then Sunday hits and boom, right out. Uh, our poll question today: What move would be more outrageous? The Jets keeping Adam Gase or the Yankees not re-signing DJ LeMahieu? Please vote on Twitter. But let's run through as many calls as we can. Just get right to what your point is, and we'll try and get as many as we can before we get out of here. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. Mike is in Staten Island. Mike, go. Hey, Gordon, how are you, man? I, I just wanted to say, I want to talk about LeMahieu, but first, after hearing those from the Gates, what a jerk. And this guy has no humility, you know? No humility. His team is horrible. But uh, they, they got to sign LeMahieu. Torres isn't even that bad at short defensively. Who are you going to put in that short? You can't just pull a short stop out of thin air, you know? Well, I this mean, look, Trevor Lindor is, uh, Francisco Lindor is going to be um, – I got Trevor Lawrence on my brain. Uh, Francisco Lindor certainly seems like he is going to be available. Uh, now, I don't know what it would – it's going to cost you a lot to get him. Uh, it's going to cost you quite a bit. But, that I mean, I think that that's kind of the move – that's what you kind of have to weigh, right? Like, And I think that that's where the Yankees probably internally – I think they'll bring back D.J. LeMay, who I just can't imagine not. But uh, I think that that's – you know, if you if you come to an organizational decision that this guy has to move off short, you can't wait with him at short, well, I think there are conversations about him moving back to second. I don't know that that – I would still bring back LeMahieu because I would give it another year if Glaber does not progress at that point. LeMahieu is athletic enough, and why you sink a little bit more into a guy like him is, even at the age of 33, if he's, he's able to play second base, that tells you he could probably move to first base. So that would be your first baseman. Tony in Newark, go. Hey, Gordon, I got a quick one. I got an analogy. Adam Gase is like a wet fart. We knew it was coming, but it was a lot worse than what we expected. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Tony's cracking himself up. Uh, Joe in Brooklyn. Joe, go. I'm taking my fandom. I'm taking my fandom to New England. I'm done with them. I'm nah, done. you can't jump now. You're sorry. You can't do that. Th- th- look, you don't choose your teams. You think you choose your teams, but you don't. The, cho- the teams that you root for choose you for whatever reason. Uh, so you can't do that. I'm sorry. Craig is in Jersey. Craig, go, my man. Good morning, Gordon. I listen to you every morning, bro. Thank you. Thank you, man. Um, my question is: is uh, when when uh, Manning was going to come out in his junior year, didn't he yep. stay because the Jets were going to pick him? 
Well, I don't know that it was the Jets were going to pick him. As I remember, and Craig, thanks for the call. As I remember it, it was that he wanted to be guaranteed to be the number one pick that year. And the Jets weren't, at that time, Bill Parcells, I don't think, was willing to guarantee to him that he would be the number one pick. Look, in hindsight, based on all the evidence that we've been able to put together, probably just as well he stayed for another year, right? I mean, like, uh, who knows? Maybe Peyton Manning would not have turned out to be Peyton Manning if he had to uh, put up with uh, the Jets shenanigans here. But I need proof that Peyton Manning actually talked to the Jets because otherwise I have to ask him, what does he, why does he hate the Jets so much? All right, that's going to do it for another show. We're already out of time. We'll be back tomorrow at 5. Vote on the poll question. We'll see you at 5. 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.